What's up, everyone? It's Hotline Link episode 155, the first episode of the new year. And we're not starting this off with me feeling sick and Mark having technical issues. No, we're starting at exactly at 8 o'clock. And that's what all the people that watch on VOD and podcast will be. And it'll just mysteriously be an hour and a half instead of two. Yes, exactly. Anyway, I want to say before we get into anything else, uh, thank you to Alienware and DraftBuff. Uh, Draft Buff returning the show uh, for the start of the split. You can go check out their stuff. And, of course, thank you to Alienware for uh, for being with us in this episode. As always, we've got a lot to talk about because uh, while much there was not much that happened for, for a while, last week there was a decent amount of stuff that happened. And then I think this week there's a ton of stuff that's about to happen. So let's see. What do we got? We got the new brand reveal for LCS. We've got uh, all the content that they did that's along with that. We've got all the new people that are going to be part of the LCS broadcast. There's a ton of people. Um, there is the the fact that the tournament is starting soon and the, the, the lock-in tournament. And then there's the, the groups that have been drawn for that. So there's a ton of different stuff to talk about on this episode. Mark did a power rankings that's available on my channel uh, now. You guys can go check it out. I hope we get a couple calls tonight of people that want to argue with him about that. Uh, so there's a whole lot to talk about. Mark moved. He's in a new location. Looking yep. good. I like that it's you have an Alienware PC in the background. That's that's actually that's, really good. That's uh, the one you sent me. That's Ashley's. Yeah. Well, regardless, uh, quite cool. Also, this is is it first time since New Year's? First time since, since uh, before the holidays? Christmas. Since the holidays, either way. Yeah. Yes. So. so I guess we have to say what we've been up to what have you been up to travis what are your new year's resolutions <laughs> your enthusiasm i hear it in your what you, voice right what now. are you what are you gonna lie to yourself that you're doing this year uh no i don't make new year's resolutions because i don't keep them uh but no i had a great uh holiday break it was really really fun um it was super good to to get back um into playing video games i played a lot of cyberpunk i realized that game has uh mixed reviews but i've been enjoying it in part probably because i have a crazy three thousand dollar something alienware pc that uh has a alienware saved cyberpunk for yes you. <laughs> exactly it's what i mean there's a lot of bugs but i'm re really enjoying it and um and what else there's just i mean it's just been really good so i had a, a really nice holiday uh really had a good time and then honestly it's been hard to get back into the swing of things like i'm i'm excited for lock and tournament to hit this weekend because it'll finally feel like all right, it's time to get back into the grind. And I've been trying to kind of get that motivation last week and this week, but it's just, it's been a, a slow start to the year. But anyway. Yeah, yeah. I, I can I can relate to that. I, I, I had the same feeling. Um, also, I, I was moving too, so I was like doing a bunch of stuff. And I didn't have any motivation to do anything. And then we started doing meetings last week and looking at, to do a dive and like all this stuff started. So I was like, oh, oh, I guess it's beginning. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, wait, did you have, were there any highlights for you during the holidays? Did you play any games in particular? Uh, no, I mentioned this to your ch chat before we, s we start recording. I've been playing a final, uh, final fantasy gotcha game, mobile thing, final fantasy. You're back on that. That's what you were playing during worlds with alongside Genshin. So what happened was I was playing both as just like a gotcha D gen Lord. And I actually stopped playing Genshin, but kept playing this one. Um, and it's bad, but you know, I love it. What can I do? It's Great. just mindless grinding for progression of something that I don't actually care about, but it gives me a sense of a dopamine hit, a serotonin hit, I don't know, some yeah. drugs. 
Well, I will say, I know that we didn't have a guest for the last episode. Uh, to be completely honest, we did try to get guests for this episode, but I think a lot of people are just trying to buckle in and get ready for LCS. So a lot of the people we reached out to are like, they basically said, we're going to come on next week or the week after or whatever. So uh, we'll, we should return to having a bunch of guests on the show in the future. Um, and I look forward to doing all that then. But for the time being, it's uh, the two of us and Twitch chat. But we've had some amazing calls in the past several weeks, I feel like. So um, and I don't, to be I don't honest, worry too much when we don't have a third. And to be honest, you and I are better than the third ever is. And they're just there so we can use their name power before we inevitably carry them through two hours of this show. So true. So true. Anywho, uh, so we've got all those those things. Actually, we should do just a quick. I know we're starting a little late, so we can we can make it go through pretty quickly. But let's go through a couple things really quickly. One, what's your take on the LCS rebrand? And I know that you're on the the broadcast and that type of thing, so I'm I'm sure you know you're you're going to be nice and diplomatic. But um, what have you liked, and what would you like to see a little different, or maybe isn't meeting oh. your tastes? Well, I like none of it, and I would change all of it. Uh, I, I would say I'm not the type of person who's like cares much about aesthetics. I mean, like the kind of hipper, you know, flat look versus the shield and traditional sport look. Like, I mean, I grew up playing like traditional sports. So, like, I kind of have a fondness for that, but like, I don't, I don't really care. What I care about how is how like content's going to get overhauled this year. Um, much more than like the rebrand, you know, like I care about like what we're bringing to that new brand beyond the graphics packages and stuff like that. So I, I am, I think, uh, you know, to me, this was fine. I don't, I don't super care. And I just want the content to not to be getting flamed, uh, frequently on Reddit. That's my goal this year. Um, see less threads about the analyst desk sucking. Is that a, is that a good, good goal? I, I don't know if, if using Reddit as a guidepost for your goals is ever a good idea, to be completely honest, because I feel like they'll just, you can never make them happy. But I no, I think it's fair. I obviously, yeah, I think a lot of people are hoping that LCS in 2021 is able to um, have a better showing in a lot of ways than LCS did in 2020. Yeah, um, teams, please. For my end, uh, I kind of, uh, when I, I, I have mixed feelings on the logo. The logo feels, there was somebody, um, or maybe even a couple people in the Reddit thread that were like, this logo looks kind of like the TG logo that I use. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I mean, you can see it right now on the screen underneath Hotline League. It's, we do, we do a diamond with like some letters. letters kind of like, whatever. More, I think Avali is pointing out that it looks a lot like the Squarespace logo is a little bit closer. I also just know that like people didn't like the LEC logo for a while and now it feels like everyone's kind of fine with it. I really don't like the color. The color is the thing that like I have struggled with more. You mean for the LCS one, right? Yeah, for the LCS. The sort of purple uh, color. There's like an official name for it that I've heard, but I don't know if I'm allowed to say it publicly. So I don't know <laughs> if colors are secrets now, but uh, maybe it's like a term that they... I don't know. Live live on the edge, dude. Say the Say the... The color, so I can paint my walls the same Vinca? way I can find it. Have you heard the the term Vinca used yet? I haven't heard Vinca. I don't think I don't think I uh, Vinca's under. I don't know. Maybe I'm going to get an angry message in a second from somebody who's hearing me talk. I'll uh, I'll go try and find it at Home Depot, so I can body paint myself. I mean, if you if you do it with the background of your your home, I'm no, sure that, that would look good on the broadcast. Uh, so yeah, that is interesting. I do. 
and then I, I, I want to do a separate video talking about the trailer um, or the the hype video. I, I'm pretty happy with the hype video given. So one, uh, people might notice that my voice is in it. I don't know if anybody did, but um, my voice is in the hype video, and I want to do a video talking about that. I think given the sort of COVID restraints and that type of thing, it came out pretty good. Uh, there's some stuff in there where I'm like, it's time to retire the pigeon. It's a very outdated uh, reference, and so like that's kind of weird. And I'm still not sure. Like the cosplayers kind of worked out okay, but I think they feel a little out of place to me. But maybe when it's hard to get access to players because they're in different countries and all that stuff, it's it's like helpful to show other folks. I, think... I mean, they're wonderful people. I I like I like them, but especially Stella Chu's great. I've I've interviewed her before, but but I, I think it was all. Go ahead. I was gonna say like with the whole "made by many" slogan too. I think like the idea being that the league of legends esports scene is made up of many different branches it's not right. just pro players it's not just this like when you go to events you know there is a lot of cosplay even even when the there's no cosplay events you know like people just cosplay to finals and things like that so i i, I can get the angle at least like yeah no i i i, I get it too it's just sort of like i don't know what i will say is i'm really happy that riot is changing like for a long time, they like just sort of. It felt like they did a really good job of creating a really exciting product with the L LCS, and then for a while, they just kind of were like, they got very comfortable. And I think that's a lot of what I've talked about in 2019 and 2020. And so I'm happy that they're trying different stuff. I think that video feels very different than something they would have put out. Like, there's no like players just crossing their arms over and over again and saying like, "This year's my year." Uh, so I think it's it's nice to see some change there. So anyway, we're going to talk about that. I'm curious what people think about it. Uh, we can talk about the groups, which I guess I should pull up so that we can get access to it. And uh, oh, that's a good idea. I have Spring pulled up, but I should actually have the lock-in tournament pulled up. Yeah, is there a convenient maybe on the LCS Twitter? There's a convenient graphic that I can pull up. Leaguepedia. It's usually yeah. your your spot. I love Leaguepedia. Okay, cool. I actually found the graphic. Um, we should start. Oh, does it have the draft order? Mm, it has just the groups. It doesn't have the draft order. But I think that's okay. Yeah. Anyway, should we actually let's? I'll just ask you really quickly what your thoughts are on the groups. If you think that they're balanced, I mean, they were drafted. The draft didn't. They didn't do like a draft show or didn't show it getting drafted, which I think is a little disappointing. Um, I I know that they publicly commented. I think that it was. I think I think they gave a reason, which was just that it was really difficult to do right now. And but. this this is an order. Um, for people who don't know, the, the, it was basically Nemesis Draft, which means TSM picked who went into FlyQuest's group first. And then FlyQuest picked who went into uh, TSM's group. And then the team under TSM, who had just got placed, would pick the next team. And then they would ping pong back and mm. forth. So, uh, so TL sent EG to group B. So TL sent to EG, and then C9 would have sent 100 Thieves. 100 Thieves would have picked Dig. Uh, EG would have picked CLG. Um, so in that sense, uh, you know, I think Group A looks a lot stronger um, because I think FlyQuest doesn't, even though they were technically the second best team last year, it's five new players. So I don't think that they are, they're not for me in, you know, like a, a big threat, even though I think I think I have a number five on my power ranking, you know, um, whereas Group A has one, three, and four of my power ranking. So uh, I would expect Group A to be a little bit, more contentious early on, but the whole thing might be shot to hell depending on what happens with uh, subs and, and stuff like that and uh, visas and whatnot. So. so does that mean Dig sent Golden Guardians to Group A? Yes. 
okay. over Immortals. Interesting. Because mm-hmm. so many people, I think, have been placing... I, I might... I, I, sh- I should preface this. I might be wrong. Maybe there was like a snake component, you know? Where it was like 2-2-2-2 two, 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 two something. But even yeah. then, no. Immortals would still... I think Immortals would be last, right? No. No, Golden Guardians would be last. Because Immortals would get placed and then someone would place Golden Guardian over. No, no, no. Golden Guardians was last. Okay. So, so Golden Guardians was draft like they are considered the weakest in the draft. Yes, okay. but based off the team's thing. Gotcha. Well, whatever. Let's get some calls going <laughs> in so that yeah. people can talk about all this stuff. Um, I'm starting to feel a little bit better, so hopefully I'm not going to be ill during the show. But what we're going to find out. <laughs> and without a guest here, Mark will just have to carry on if that happens. Um, anyway... Uh, Mark is going to grab the callers. By the way, if this is your first time watching, which I, you know, I'd be shocked if this is your first time watching. It's kind of a a slow show as we are getting into everything at the beginning of the year. Um, but we do, it's a call-in show, so people call in. And uh, you can put your topics in the pleb or subtopics channel. Uh, we do appreciate whenever people sub. By the way, thank you so much for the people that have subbed this stream. My sub count has just uh, gotten uh, demolished and plummeted over the course of the break because I haven't streamed. Uh, that's the cost Bef- of taking time off. Before you start, I got to mm-hmm. say, if you're in the waiting room, make sure you undefin snail chip and anyone else who ends up getting dragged there. Anyways, okay. you're, you're good. <laughs> Brecky is here. Brecky, where are you calling from? Uh, I'm from a small town near Yosemite National Park. Nice. You've called in before, right? I have not called in before. Have you subbed? Uh, sub? No, I've no, I've never subbed to your channel. <laughs> Why does your name seem so familiar? Anyway, whatever. Uh, <laughs> what do you want to talk about? Is it snowing there, by the way? Um, not in my town. A couple thousand feet up, it is. Okay, nice. Yeah. Well, uh, what do you want to talk about in the show tonight? Yeah, my hot take is that hundred thieves are a top two team. Ooh. Okay. So then, who's the other team? Uh, so I thought I could break this into two parts. First, I want to talk about the strengths of Hundred Thieves and why I think they're a top two team. Who's teams. your other team? Uh, I think oh, this is so painful because I'm a huge C9 fan, but I think that if Hundred Thieves are a top two team, it's going to be C9 dropping to third. Okay. And it sucks because I'm a huge C9 fan. So who's your other that. team? Oh, Team Liquid. Okay. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> so, so TL and Hundred T are the two best teams in the league and c9 will be the third uh so yes. sorry you wanted to construct your argument in a certain way do you want to repeat before yeah. i torpedo it <laughs> no no it's good so i just want to talk about first of all like why because obviously i think the consensus is that c9 and tl are the top two teams and obviously mine's a hot take so uh i think talking about the summer split i think fbi and who were the best bot duo i think the only other bot duo to contest that would be um tactical and core jj Obviously, Sven and Vulcan were like really good in uh, spring, but they kind of faltered. Um, and then for someday, I think that he has been just such a constant where no matter how bad the Hundred Thieves team is, he's always um, in a top three. Like he's always in contention for top three uh, top laners. And I think that now he finally has a solid team to back him up. And I think he's just going to flourish. Um, and then for DeMonte, I actually have his um, Leaguepedia up right now. I think that, so basically when he was on Golden Guardians, um, 
it was mainly him and bot lane and also closer who were carrying but now that the carry role can move to top and bot he's actually i think a much better supportive mid laner uh he had a lot of games where like for example he went 0-1 and 12 uh as a twisted fate one game he also went uh 3-0 and 8 1-0 and 10 on zoe like he's very good at supporting uh, and being like a passive mid laner and so i think that is just going to flourish uh, in this sort of format where he's not going to have to take on the carry responsibility that he'll he'll be able to give it to someday and uh, FBI. Okay, but I lo- uh, look I really love Demonte. But you're I love pushing Demonte. you're pushing out a mid laner. Um I don't I I don't know. I'm just I'm so very I, go ahead. Yeah, so what I love about this 100 Thieves team is that every single lane Top, jungle, mid, and bot, all of them have the potential to carry. And so I think that with that, Demonte is not going to have the pressure of feeling like he needs to carry. Like he'll be much, he'll be, it'll be much easier for him to kind of take a step back and be a uh, supportive mid laner. Do you think Demonte, sorry, do you think um, 100T would beat C9 in a matchup? So here's my take on C9. I think that C9 has the potential to be the best team in the league. But I think there's a lot of question marks. Um, Not to say that Perks is going to be bad, but I think that this is going to be the first time he's ever played on an org that wasn't G2. So he may have a little bit of time to adjust uh, being on C9, playing with different players, living in a different country. Um, And then Fudge, obviously, he could be great. He could falter. Uh, Will Blabber be a coin flip? Will Zven and Vulcan return the form? I just think there are a lot of question marks in that C9 roster where I think if all of them are at their best ability, they will crush, they will dominate, uh, they'll be the best team, but there's just too many question marks for me right now. So do you think 100T would beat C9 in a matchup? I think they could. I mean, you you better hope that they... It's it's interesting to hear you say that they could whenever you're, you're saying that 100T will be better... So it's more C9. it's more of like I feel so bad because C9 is my favorite team. So I want to talk about how great they are, but I really really think that 100 Thieves are like a, an actual good team this year. I mean, like the the weird thing for me is like this call almost feels more like you know, looking at my own power ranks, you know, I I had C9 1 TL2 this uh 100 Thieves 3, but it's more like, well, C9 is not going to work out in your mind. Like, the, the blabberness or synergy is never going to be there. Perks isn't going to look as dominant as EU. Fudge won't work. You know, like, it's more like you're saying things about C9 than, I mean, you did you did talk a lot about 100 Thieves, but like, I don't know. I, I just can't, like, to Travis's point, like a five-game series, and I know that's not what the regular season is, and this is maybe more about regular season placing, but like, no offense to, to DeMonte, but like, that's a tough fucking five-game series to go up against Perks, perks, um, for for a bunch of games in a row. Oh, the I see. You're, I was trying to figure out why you were distracted, and you're just being. <laughs> My cat just hopped up on here. Yeah. Well, anyway, flinging that booty around, ruining ruining the show as always. Uh, okay, that's what we're doing. We're getting the crotch shot. Um, I mean, it's it's very funny because I think when Mark placed hundred T third, and a lot of other people have been kind of. I feel like the the courageous thing, like the cliche courageous thing to do right now is to place 100T high and be like, oh, I'm going to put 100T high because, you know, like 
people are big TSM fans, but if I rank, I'm not saying this is what Mark did, but like, you know, if you want, if you want to do something that's like, you, you feel a little bold, you like go and you stick hundred T a little high. I'm not saying that they're not going to do well, but I, th- it's funny to me because a lot of people have been like Mark received, I think the only criticism he received in the, the Reddit thread up about his power rankings was like, Oh, you know, people are overrating hundred T. So now you're saying that they're going to be top two. It's like, Oh, I don't know if, I don't know if Mark is overrating them, but if he is like placing them top two is, uh, is pretty bold. So, um, I mean, I it, it's a hot take show, right? <laughs> yes. No, no, I know. I know. I don't know, Mark. I mean, I, I only, I mean, <laughs> I'm, glad, I'm glad you and I are both here so that we can fit out such great opinions. Uh, I, I guess I, for I, me, the question is like, I don't, th- okay. I don't think it's that crazy to think that C9 can have a slow start. I actually don't think it's that wild to, to think that. And that by contrast, 100T, who for the most part are Golden Guardians, they probably will be, people won't, the other teams won't be expecting much from them or as much as like, you know, the TLs and C9s of the world. And you slot in someday who perhaps has like had a hard time with some of his other teammates in the past, that they overperform. So C9 underperforms. This is kind of how you get here. I just feel like it's very, it's not, even though it could happen, I don't think it's likely to happen. I think it's the way that I would put it. I also think, um, you know, from what you were saying earlier, you know, like how much of Golden Guardians surging at the end was a part meta uh, situation where uh, mid lane really didn't feel that super important uh, towards the end of playoffs and into Worlds. Um, and we'll have to see how that, that goes uh, uh, this time. Um, and bot lane was, was arguably the most important, I think, in some ways. Uh, so, I don't know. It was It's a good point about, like, well, how much of... of you know, Golden Guardian's surge at the end of the season was other factors. You know, with well, and I think they got a lot of credit for doing so well against TSM. I I, I don't know. I mean, it might be revisionist like history, but like how beat. how much of an accomplishment was it actually in hindsight for them beating TSM? I mean, I mean, they TSM did win. The yeah. They did win the split. I totally get it, but. Uh, I don't know. Like they, it seemed like they were trying to figure stuff out, and it took Game Three of their Golden Guardians match for them to actually turn it on. And then after that, they looked pretty good. So I don't know. It's I, it, I struggled to sort of know how good Golden I mean, Guardians I think, was last time. I, I think FBI this, was really great. Who yeah, I mean, like I, I believe in their bot lane. Of of all things, the thing that I think would be the most consistent between splits would be their bot lane. Um, I could see Demonte and Closer. They were like good, but they they were hit or miss, and like some of their plays didn't work out when they went aggressive over the course of the regular season. If people remember, they often got gold leads, but then would kind of lose those gold leads. Um, when you look at the non-playoff form of Golden Guardians, and like that that could come back, you know, maybe they regress in in that that regard. So I don't know. I think Hundred Thieves is one of those teams, like you said, Travis. I think you're right that a lot of people are like, "Ooh, hot take." I don't think it's it's hot at all. They were a top four team almost last year. Um, they lost TSM twice, and then they got an upgrade at, at top lane. So, like, I don't think it's it's weird at all to put them in top four. Uh, I think when you start putting them above C9, though, that's – that's uh, I can't get on board with. Can't do it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think those are totally fair points. Um, I do agree that I think the meta really favored them, and now that bot lane or the ADC position is just totally in a super bad spot right now, I think that there's it's... potential that – 
What's that? I don't. I don't think the so eighty carries are. I mean, they're doing their their usual like gearing up and whining, and it was pretty bad when tanks were like giga busted uh, at the start of the preseason. But now that tanks have been pulled down, I think they're fine. Botlane's fine. Just whiners. Right, yeah. So I just think lane? that like hundred thieves really has a lot of potential, especially now with now that they're basically golden guardians with someday. Like I think that adding someday to this roster is going to be huge for them, and that their peak last split will not be their peak this split like they'll have a higher a higher peak and so i think that it'll be more of like instead of people talking about c9 and tl being top two people are going to be talking about like c9 tl 100 thieves being top three and like those top three positions can be like interchangeable i guess um really quickly before we say goodbye to brecky mark do you think it's safe to say there's a good chance we're going to have four good teams and LCS this year? Define good. Like, oh, any of these teams could win or just, like, not painful to watch, you know? Like, <laughs> they can all take games off each other, even if they're not all at the same, uh, same skill level, right? Like, by contrast, last year it felt we had good one good team for a very long time, right? Which was C9 and then and then everything. Yeah, I mean, well, was Spring Split was just a disaster with, right. like, what happened with TL and stuff. So, so is there so a world mean, where, like, we're going to be like, oh, wow, these four teams are kind of demolishing everybody else, and they seem to be able to take games off each other, and they all seem, like, good for NA standards? I think it largely comes down to, like, uh, TL and C9, like... If they actually are, I feel like they're they're a tier above the other the TSM and in, in Hundred Thieves. Even if even if things work out well for them, um, like when those players are performing on C9 and TEL, they are there are areas on the other teams where they can't rise to that level. Like you know, Demonte playing well is not Perks playing well, and like Loss playing well is not uh, Sven playing well. At least what we've seen so far in his career, Great. you know, like. They have weaknesses more on those other lineups um, that that can just get skill gapped in a, in a series. Very good. Well, either way, Brecky, thank you so much for the call. I really enjoyed the take. What do you? Uh, anything you want to shout out before we move on to the next caller? Uh, yeah, I wanted to give a quick shout out to Captain Flowers. I was in his chat on stream a couple of weeks ago, asking him for dating advice because I was going on my first date and he told me to wash my ass, and it went well. Were they causally related at all, or was this more of a superstitious thing? Uh, no, I, like, genuinely had dating advice, and he actually was just like, yep, don't be afraid to be yourself. If you like nerdy shit, talk about nerdy shit. And he also said to wash my ass. <laughs> Great. Glad you shared that with the class. Uh, yeah. Thank you so much, Brady. So, yeah. Have a sure. good one. Okay. That's why, that's why we love Hotline League, you know? How many other... League talk shows are going to have that gem in there. <laughs> Hopefully none. Anyway, uh, let's grab the next. Oh wow, you got a he's he pulled a big waiting room. We got a lot of callers tonight. Thank you to uh, Weird Dude Twenty Five for gifting us up to Draft Buff. Itryu, Jaffe Fifty Eight, Aldor, uh, Blue Jay, uh, Kyle Zero Eight Zero Eight for those ten gifted subs. America Vespucci, Grayspear, and Bankshot. We got Snail Chip here. Snail Chip, where are you calling from? I'm calling from Cedar City, Utah. I'm going to turn you up a little bit more. Uh, where in Utah? Uh, Cedar City. Cedar City. What do you want to talk about on the show tonight? So my take is that TSM is going to be a sixth place team with Cloud9, Team Liquid, 100 Thieves, FlyQuest, and Evil Geniuses all beating them out. 
Um, my logic, I guess, I think Cloud9 and Team Liquid are top two, and I think they're interchangeable. Um, it'll just kind of come down to the day, in my opinion. And I think 100 Thieves and FlyQuest are the third and fourth, for sure. Um, for that, just I think, like the last caller was saying, I just think 100 Thieves have a great team from last split, and then some days an upgrade in the top lane. I think the only question mark on their team is DeMonte, um, who I do think is probably fifth or sixth best mid laner in the league. But I feel like with the rest of the team being like FBI and who he are Okay, but I thought you were talking about TSM. Now we're talking about 100 team. <laughs> oh, sorry. I, I'm sorry. I'm just going through. Just like, go real lineups, real quick through the others. Quick, if... Okay, FlyQuest, Licorice, Jose Diodo, and Johnson are all uh, great players in their roles. I think they're better than TS. Or uh, I think Jose Diodo and Licorice are both better than TSM's top in jungle. Uh, Evil Geniuses, I think they have better players in the entire top half of the map, that with top lane, jungle, and mid lane. I think their bot lane's not amazing, but I don't think it'll matter. I think the only two good things with TSM is Power of Evil and, and Sword Art. I think Lost and Speak are both good players, and I think Huni's a good player, but I just feel like the other teams all have something better in those roles. Okay. I, okay. Uh, so I think if I if I was to do power rankings, I would definitely place TSM in the top four. However, Mark, does it seem crazy to you to imagine TSM starting and just looking really messy for like the first half of, I, I guess not spring split, but like the tournament and then the first several weeks of spring split? I feel like that's such a TSM thing. I mean, it's super possible that they uh, implode. But that's like, you know, that can happen to any team. Like, who would have fucking said that about TL last year, you know? When you're like, oh, they got Broxa for Smithy. Maybe it's a downgrade. Boom, ninth. You know, like, oh, it wasn't that big of a downgrade. You know, other things happened. Uh, so, you know, it's it's possible that TSM underperforms. Um, but some of the other points about, like, oh, they got better top jungle. It's like, well, what about mid lane? Like, I, I'm, I'm excited to see Palafox, but Palafox versus PoE, really? You know, like... POE is way better. Uh, so, like, I think there's there's areas that they have considerable strengths over to a lot of the teams below them, or that I put below them, that you're putting up above them for the caller. Caller, do you have a Yeah, I think, I think I should maybe, like, reword it. I feel like it's not so much TSN's, like, guaranteed sixth place, but I feel like it's weird to put them in the top three above 100 Thieves and FlyQuest specifically. Um, because I feel like they're kind of on the same like level as those two. Um, and then Evil Geniuses, I, I mean, in the same breath, is it super weird to think that Evil Geniuses are going to come out with mostly the same roster but better players, um, in the roles they switched, like, and do better than TSM if TSM has a weak split? I that's I think that's my reasoning. But TSM, Evil Geniuses, and FlyQuest could honestly be interchangeable, but I wouldn't put them top four. Um, I'm 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 trying to think through this. I like it's more. I I kind of it's it's weird where I'm kind of torn between the two of you. I agree with Mark that like the fundamentals for TSM should give them a very strong lead when you're ranking them against like, eg. Or FlyQuest, for instance. Sword but, Art versus Diamond. Right. No offense, Diamond, who's always in the chat, but like World Finalist versus Academy Finalist. 
Right. LCS uh, LCS Academy Worlds. Uh, Academy (laughs) Worlds, is that what they call it? Um, Yeah. However, it does, it just, like, I don't know, maybe TSM's going to show up in Smash. I mean, I feel like we've heard some rumors of that, that they're they're looking pretty good in scrims. Uh, Maybe I'm crazy, but I feel like I've kind of heard that stuff. But I just, it does feel like because there's been so much change at TS, I mean, I guess FlyQuest did the same thing too. I don't know. I don't know. I it's and it's weird in that like when you're ranking all these teams, C9 and TL feel really easy to place. Maybe like Golden Guardians and Dig feel really easy to place, and then everything else seems kind of fluid. Mark, you're face palming right now. I don't know. It's just the most Travis take I ever. Liked. I'm thinking through. Well, it. I'm thinking aside through. For it. The, aside I'm think- for the two teams that spent five million dollars on their roster and the two teams that spent two pennies on their roster i can't really place the others well no because here's here's this is why i'm thinking through this right now admittedly i get that that sounds like kind of a weak take or like an obvious take (laughs) but everybody else seems to be so confident in their power rankings like one of the top things in that that power ranking subreddit thread for you was like yep this is how everyone's gonna look but like at the end of the day the middle of the pack might feel a little bit more mushy than everyone seems to think of it whenever they're ranking these guys. I mean, I, I, I tried to, in my the video, give, like, the highs and lows for each team where I'm like, you know, this can go right and this can go wrong kind of thing. But, like, I just – there's ceilings on some of these teams, you know, like – and this is my opinion, obviously, but, like, there's a ceiling on how high I think CLG will climb. There's a ceiling on how high I think Immortals can climb. That like that ceiling for me isn't there for a TSM. Like CLG don't like I know we're not talking about CLG here, but like to me they don't have a superstar. They don't have a player who can pop off. And that right. that's that's been okay for like I said in the video for FlyQuest in the past, but like lo and behold, almost every single player on that roster was top half of the league in their position, as well as probably top three, with some of them pushing top one, like Santorin. Like unless CLG's no superstars are all actually like borderline all pro, then there's just there's like how are you going to consistently like win games? Who's the hard carry for this lineup? What's your, what's your strategy? Same with like you know, Immortals or uh, you know. Whereas on TSM side, like people competing on the world stage recently, people who have had histories of 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 this, um, you know. So I don't know. You know, Poe was in two finals in North America last split. Uh, you played spring and summer, and then went to Worlds. You know, like these these people. Like, I don't know, there's just, there's, there's higher peaks. And so that's why it's, it's, I think, easier to rank the teams in the middle than, than you're giving it credit for when you look at, like, Immortals. is like, okay, unless Raze turns out to be FBI 2.0 and absolutely stops, stomps and, like, Xerce returns to form and uh, Revenge is actually way better than he looks in Academy. Like, I, how's that team going to compete? All right, again? you convinced me. Call you're crazy for not placing TSM in the top five. <laughs> Mark, Mark over, overpowered you. I'm sorry. Uh, I understand. I don't know, but we'll see. I mean, I appreciate you calling in and saying, giving that TSM is going to be bad take because I feel like we always need to have one of those. That's the spirit Whoa. of the show. Oh, yeah. So Whoa. I actually picked Snail Clip to go first, but he was he was muted. I wanted to start the show off with the TSM is doo doo take. It's Snail Chip, by the way. Snail, Snail Trail. Snail Chip, thank you for the call. Anything you want to shout out before we go on to a uh, quick break? Yeah, Shadow Alienware. I'm trying to buy my girlfriend a PC from them. Um, and then also shout out to my draft buff group 
for letting me get perks. I appreciate <laughs> you guys. Can't wait to win it. Um, and that's it. Thank you guys for having me. Very good. Awesome Thank to you. hear you're supporting both of our sponsors. I really appreciate that snail chip. No problem. Have a good one. Goodbye. All right. On that note, we're going to take a quick break and talk about Alienware. So first off, it'd be great if everyone could just tweet at Alienware and say, hey, I really like Travis Gafford's content. Um, please continue to work with them because um, we're still figuring out 2021 stuff. Their uh, fiscal year ends in the end of January, so we uh, got to... Anyway, if there's, if there's any hope for Hotline League, Travis needs to be able to pay my bills. Yeah, Mark has incredibly expensive tastes. And um, anyway, thank you so much to Alienware for sponsoring us over the past <laughs> uh, couple of years, hopefully to many more years into the future. And uh, I want to thank all of you who have done so much uh, to support us. I, I'm not I'm not worried. I'm, I'm mostly just teasing. But I do think it's fun whenever you guys all send them nice messages or send them pictures of the new computers that you've purchased or monitors or peripherals, all that stuff. You can go check those out at alienware.com slash Travis. If you are looking for anything right now, you're on the, in the market, you are trying to find something to run, for instance, Cyberpunk, because maybe you bought it on the PS4 and you were like, wow, this is, um, let's just say NVIDIA has some great ways of powering uh, video games like that. Maybe, maybe you need uh, emulators to run your gotcha game on on your phone thanks mark using your phone's battery uh, alienware can do that too i think if we don't get the alienware contract renewed we know which part of the <laughs> you know what is. sink that ship <laughs> anyway <laughs> anyway check out alienware they've got some really cool stuff uh by the way dell's announcing some cool stuff at or i think already did at for ces this coming week too so i, I don't know if uh, i haven't heard anything from alienware but actually alienware i think did um, get nominated for some CS awards um, with their new monitor for their uh, yeah they won the innovation award for their uh, Alienware 25 gaming monitor which has 360 hertz refresh rate and this NVIDIA reflex latency analyzer so it's pretty cool to see that they've got uh, award-winning products uh, over there um, and it's really exciting to see how how they are just releasing so many cool things uh, every year. Really enjoy working with them. Thank you so much to Alienware for sponsoring the show. And uh, be sure to use Travis 10 off Q4 to save 10% off your order of uh, wonderful Alienware products. Again, at Alienware.com says Travis. There's a link in the description below if you're watching us on YouTube. All right, on to the next caller. All right. By the way, Aldor, I recently, I noticed that I announced your... Uh, your sub but i i i missed that it's tier two so thank you for being a tier two sub i appreciate that d fitch 97 daniel n 92 for 27 months jamie 92 oh daniel n 92 and jamie 92 are you guys do you know each other you're both born the same spencer uh 12 1292 holy crap all three of these people all subbed at once and um just now realizing they all ended 92 drew is here drew where are you calling from uh, outside Detroit, Michigan. Outside of Detroit, Michigan. Wait, did you go to the Hotline League live? Uh, no. All right. I was not there. I appreciate that. Anyway, what do you <laughs> want to talk about on the show? Uh, my take was that the uh, the LCS rebrand was uh, is going to create the most exciting uh, spring split uh, in the modern LCS era. I just realized we did 
It's been over two. It's been over a year. So it's that's it, we did one in St. Louis. We didn't do one in Detroit. So Drew, that was a trick question. Uh, we figured out that you did. I was lie. not in the Detroit event at all. Yeah. Okay. Well, anyway, yeah, my arms like the same Mark, color as that white. Mark, like, can we talk my about arm, the like, tape, blends please? In. You got you put your arms up. You're very excited about this. Why are you excited about this? Before we let oh, I don't know. Just, just broadcast hype. What do you What do you want? Okay. Well, Drew, go ahead and, and elaborate on your take. Uh, so, uh, I don't really care that much about the logo and stuff, but in terms of the content that uh, they've already put out um, with the whole like made by many video as well as uh, showcasing the on-air talent, um, the whole made by many video uh, like showcasing off tactical and uh, I think it was FBI and Spica shows that the LCS like understands that they need new faces to replace the superstars that retired in Bjergsen and Doublelift. Um, and then as well as the showcasing off all the new um, on-air talent they got uh, with Raz and uh, Emily Rand and such, as well as like High and Alorum, uh, make it super exciting. Uh, and it's just a big change from what was a lot of... Uh, what did you... So I don't, I'm not trying to dunk on High here, but High is not that big of a change considering like he was not on the desk last year, but he was on the year before then. Well, he was always just guest intermittently, right? He was never super consistent. No, I think he was on for an entire split. This was in 2019, right, Mark? I'm not. I'm, or is it the beginning of last year? Last year feels so fractured in my mind because of COVID. No, it was 2019 because we were in okay. the studio for the whole time with High. Um, okay. I don't remember if it was the entirety of 2019 or just spring or just summer or something, but we definitely had at least a full split with High. Yeah, where he was on every every time. It was but, the one, you know, where we ate the hot chip and, like, all that stuff. Some pretty mm -hmm. good stuff. Yeah. But, Go ahead, though, Drew. I, but, yeah, I mean, either way, they got a lot of, I mean, big-name pickups on the, in terms of, on the analyst desk and such. So, I, I, I know personally I'm pretty excited to see Emily Rand on the analyst desk because she makes a lot of top-tier content around uh, some other regions that could be cool to showcase, as well as Reyes's, uh pretty exciting caster and i thought he did pretty fantastic at worlds this year okay so here i'll go and then i'll let mark kind of i mean i just, yeah you, you go i can't disagree with anything he's saying yeah, everything's yeah. perfect <laughs> mark zimmerman of the lcs broadcast uh is uh unsurprisingly agrees the broadcast will be great <laughs> so um, I'm trying to find the full list. Did they just tweet it out? They didn't put it on the website. Uh, I, I'm trying to figure out how I feel about their approach to the new the new names. I I think for one, it's a little weird that they just sort of like here's all the people and then they just uh, list them out without quite giving us all an understanding of where these people are going to end up because right now it feels like all these people are going to be on the desk all the time or casting. But I've heard from some people that some of them are only going to be in like the shoulder content. Um, so it's, it's kind of odd that we don't really know who is where and what is what, like, for instance, I don't know, like Keen has done content for them in the past. I don't know if he's going to be on the desk for instance. Uh, but it was somewhat implied to me that like, that's not always going to be the case. Regardless, it's kind of, I'm really excited about Raz and I'm really excited about Emily. A lot of the other folks for me are kind of question marks. I'm not sure. So for instance, that's Primal, who I like 
he follows me. I follow him on Twitter. Oh, wait. I don't follow him on Twitter. I guess I'll follow him. <laughs> Fucking oh, liar. I, in the past, I have followed him. I, maybe I unfollowed him at some point in time. I don't know. But he and I go way back. But he used to be like the person that ran a lot of their league ops stuff. And so it's it's – I think what I – let's put it this way. I'm not trying to diminish any of the people that they pulled up onto the broadcast. But I think it's – it feels like a lot of what they did with adding in a lot of these folks is they just said to themselves, okay, well, we need like four or five new people to add to the broadcast. So like, okay, well, we need the old League Ops guy and he's doing some streaming now. So let's grab him. And like uh, Spawn's in town. Yeah, he's like coaching a team now, but let's grab him. I like Spawn, to be clear. I'm happy. Uh, Alorum, he was on the desk before. Hi, we had him on the desk and then decided not to use him on the desk. But like, let's just bring him back. I think what is disappointing to me is like it does not feel as though the LCS has at this point in time an interest in find finding the non-obvious talent like the people that you don't just personally know. Um I think it's really exciting whenever you start to build new people. Like who are the casters that have been grinding it out in amateur for a long time or are are amazing at that? What uh who what like did they do an open casting call at all to try to find anybody? You know, when you don't, when you just kind of hire people that you just know, um, I don't know. I, again, I'm excited for a lot of these faces. I'm, ex- I'm sure a lot of them are going to do great. Um, I just would have liked to have seen them be a little bit more, think outside the box a little bit more and actually try to like do some casting calls uh, for this type of thing. I don't know. Um. How do you want to play this, Mark? How are you going to go? How, how do I want to play this? Uh, I mean, I think I'll largely ignore everything you said and just okay. say something else. Uh, sure. Give my two cents on a different direction, which is like uh, a different approach to the analyst desk uh, and countdown and stuff. Because like, I think before there's been a like the goal, which we I think hit really well when we we had James, Jat, and myself was like to have a really set desk that did all the post games, did all the countdowns. And it was like, just that's it. And, you know, we, we talked a lot about like inside the NBA and like what makes them work and that kind of stuff. And I think after Jat left the first time for whatever reason, like the magic of that wasn't recaptured the same way with the other lineups. And I think instead of this, this approach is not trying to do that anymore. It's like, we have three days of broadcast now. So that's increased. And they brought a lot of people and there's two hosts and like, it's going to be a rotation where there's, ideally more variety of talent with more variety of topics that they can cover um instead of like the set people who all just have like you know everything for themselves so i i mean like to the point about keen and like what's he gonna do i first off i should say i don't fucking know uh but i would expect like he might not be on like post games uh, but I would I would expect he's going to be on countdown with like his own segments and stuff that he can do and and whatnot. Um, so like I I don't know exactly what all the the assignments are going to be. Um, but I think there's a lot more flexibility to try and find uh cohesive teams that have that work well together and then give them places to go on the broadcast. Uh, so there's like more flexibility than like here's the four guys. Let's hope it works, kind of thing. Yeah, I'm like, so so I th- this next thing I say will not be faulting the Riot broadcast because this is not something that they can they can adjust for. But I don't have the highest expectations 
for what this i i would predict that within the first weekend we will have a thread about how awkward the analyst desk feels <laughs> uh because and i and i say this and knowing that you said that one of your resolutions was to avoid that but like you're throwing all these new people on a desk that's and remote. they're not in that's remote and none of you guys have worked together before right like let's i i don't know what the composition of the stuff is going to be but if it's like you emily and that's primal um i guess emily and you and i did a show with kelsey at yahoo esports but it's been obviously a long time like i worry and i that's kind of a bit of a concern for me is i don't know how set up for success a lot of these names are going to be whenever they go out there for the first time it's remote there's like weird audio delays or technical issues or whatever i just get the feeling that they're going to be hit pretty hard that doesn't mean that i don't place that on riot because they obviously needed to expand the cast and there's no way you can expand the cast and 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 i was just arguing for them to find new people right um and and have it feel like the synergy is great, but it's just going to be really tough, I think, out the gate. I will say one lineup I'm really hoping to see is you, Raz, and Emily, because I get the feeling I'd love to see you and Raz just like argue at each other, and then Emily try to like break you guys up and be the voice of reason. That that's a desk that I would try to that I would root for to to be in existence. Yeah, I think I think I mean the nice thing too is that there's there's going to be a lot of iterations that should hopefully have different strengths like. You know, Crumbs, me, and Raz would probably be a really fucking goofy desk. Whereas, like, Emily, Hi, and, I don't know, Crumbs, me, whoever it is. Like, that would be a much more – or Lorem. That would be a really analytical desk that can probably really dive into some things that that would be a different look. And so, like, I think that's one of the things I'm excited about is if we can tailor content to the specific niches of each talent. But I agree that there's going to be growing pains, like, that – you would have no matter what, even if you fucking had 10 out of 10 casting and like hiring and all this stuff went perfectly smoothly, it would still be like a little, like there'd be awkward moments as you start the show out. There's a lot of people, or at least several people that are in chat that are saying, I'm excited about high. And this is going to sound like I'm dunking on high. I don't mean to, but like people seem to not be very big fan of high on the desk whenever he was last there. So that's one of the things that was kind of like, I, there were several things that surprised me when the news came out. One is there were not there are some names on there that I don't think people really recognize that I know because I've, I've been around the space a lot but like I didn't see too many people going like oh who's this person and then there were a lot of people um, celebrating folks that I think have been have received hefty criticism in the past um, for their their performances on the broadcast so I don't know I think I maybe it's nice that like the community is not being as critical as they normally are, but I will say that I, I expected more of a, a pushback on this stuff. Maybe I'm just becoming a bitter, jaded individual over time. Esports has... I missed when oh. it was in Season 3 in Redondo Beach. And... That was Season well, 4, by the way. Well, also, I think coming off of last year, where I think it was probably the year that the, the LCS broadcast probably got the most criticism in several years, I think just adding more talent and like adding more change like is only a good thing whether there's growing pains or not yeah i mean so you say for instance drew that you think it's going to be like the best in modern times but i mean it sounds like mark doesn't even know who's going to be on the desk with him frequently considering he <laughs> says he doesn't know if keen is going to be on for instance um the it's i'm guessing that 
they haven't had a chance to do very much rehearsal and like. Well, I mean, like I know. Stuff. So just put a little like hold on there. Like I do know my talent, like my assignments for the first week and some of the early people that I'm going to be paired up with. I just haven't okay. said it, but like I, I'm just saying, like I don't know what the exactly the thing is going to look like. Um, that part, like there's still a lot of flexibility. So, yeah. but I do, okay, so I do maybe know, you know a lot of people that are going to be on it, but. I, they they haven't had much of a chance to do rehearsals. That's not that's not some secret information. You could just look at the calendar and realize that like Riot takes two weeks off at the end of the the year, and that there were not rehearsals. That I I know there were not rehearsals for next year going on before then. So um, it's it's similar to like when teams show up at this lock in tournament. I don't expect to see the best performance from them. I think with the lack of rehearsals and time and synergy building between all these different individuals and the fact that it's all going to be remote, I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be really tough. Mark, actually, I have a question for you that I haven't even asked you off the show, which may, maybe I should have asked you off Let's the show. Let's do it. Are you on the analyst desk all the time still, like you have been for many years? Or is there a chance with all this new talent that you won't be... Like it'd be interesting if you're the, if you are the constant in a way that like literally even the desk host isn't because Dash and and Latigris uh, move around on it. Um, I think for like the initial phase, like I, I think I'm working all, like, so I'll just say, I think I'm working all three days this weekend. Okay. Uh, but I don't think that's always going to be the case. Um, and so, oh, so uh, you're well, be more I... dependent on me to help pay your rent is what I'm getting. No, because there was only two days of broadcast before. Now there's three. There were three. So if I... I didn't, Friday? Last year they did Friday Night League and Monday Night League. Mark. Oh shit! You're right. They did Monday Night League. I, I didn't. And they I did Friday do, Night League. Did, when did they do Friday Night League? What are you talking about? Was there Friday Night League last year? Yes. There was. There was like the the NBA Red Zone thing. Wait, am I tripping? Oh my! I just I'm so excited about this moment. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, dude. All right, it's been a long fucking year. So Mark, they had in spring. Monday night league and yeah, I, I know and then two... and then they decided that that time slot wasn't working so they moved it to Friday night so then it became Friday night league so oh, there were right. many no, there were Friday that. nights yeah. where you were working so you've yeah, been doing yeah yeah Gabby so are you realizing maybe we're realizing right now that your hours have been cut um and that you're gonna make your income will be slashed this year well uh, so this is another uh, I don't know if I'll get in trouble for revealing this but people will find out on Saturday like I'm doing the countdown on Saturday, but I'm not. I think it's Saturday, one of the days. I'm doing the countdown, but I'm not doing the like between the, like, the analyst desk, right? Um, so, I think there's more flexibility in that regard as well. About like people can come on and do the the countdown, but then might might do something else after. Um, you guys yeah. heard it here. They're forcing Mark out of the broadcast first they came Dude, for ovily you know what it's people that associate with me kobe's probably no. next you know what's funny is you fucking lie remember when you lied and said that i got fired or like i, I didn't I say you got right. fired i said you said, you, you said we had this big thing that we're sorry drew uh, we're hashing out some personal stuff um <laughs> <laughs> at the start of one of the episodes last last year right no right at the end like yeah. right at like going into to break I, you opened the show with like mark has a big announcement he's leaving riot or well because you said you would you said they had you had returned all your stuff to riot because you had yeah. turned in all the technical equipment 
Yeah. And I said, yeah, sorry, guys. Uh, it, I think we said we had some other announcements. Oh, it was because the sponsor that has since fallen through. You and I haven't had a chance to talk about that yet. Did I make it fall through when I said basically what it was? No, no, no. no. It's <laughs> okay, thank but, God. Um, but we, ha- you had said, are we ready to announce that yet? And I was like, oh. So it turned into this joke about Mark um, no longer being with Riot. And then some people got confused and it became a, a big conversation. On, on the Reddit on thread the this yeah. last week when, when they announced all the talent, someone was like, wait, is Mark actually still working? It? I didn't think he was still working there. Yeah. And then I had to go in there and be like, oh, my God, Travis actually bamboozled you. No, like, I'm still all right. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, Drew. My point is, I, look, I think for the most part, Riot is taking some steps in the right direction for the broadcast. I worry that there's going to feel really awkward in the beginning, and there's going to be a ton of growing pains as you introduce a whole bunch of new talent to the show and they all have to figure stuff out remotely. So I'm not as enthusiastic as you about the start of the year, even if I dis- even if I agree with a lot of the decisions Riot is making. Is that cool? Yeah, that makes sense. Nice. You want to shout out anything at the end of the call? Uh, yeah, shout out to Travis Gabbard's book channel. Uh, over the holidays, I picked up a bunch of Brandon Sanderson books. Heyo. Uh, so thanks for the recommendation. Nice. Which one? Which ones have you read so far? Uh, I've started um, uh, Elantris. I have the whole Stormlight archive that I haven't got into yet, but that'll be next. Well, a lot. If you can start with Elantris, people consider it to be his weakest book. So if you can get through that, there's oh, way better stuff on the horizon for you. Yeah, uh, it's it's I like it's... it's not the best book to start with if you don't like, but if you do like it, then you got through it and it doesn't feel like a yeah, step yeah. back if you went backwards. To it. I mean, it's oh. the first book he published, so it's it's right. everything oh, okay. gets better from there. He, he grows. Yeah. yeah, I just went online and looked up which uh, which ones to get first and just bought a bunch of them. Yeah. Well, either way, thanks, uh, Drew. Have a uh, good rest of your evening. Yep, you too. Honestly, we should get paid by uh, Tor because uh, this show is basically sponsored by Brand Sanderson. <laughs> Indeed. So much marketing. Next. Yeah, we can do another one. Uh, thank you to, uh, let's see, where were we? Sar- Sally Czar, Purple Ray Q, so many things. Uh, brand new cam, Fragbite Light, Breaking Dreams, Lodja 25, Natty Ferg, Brecky 1, John G365. Oh, Brecky did sub after I, I misunderstood. Uh, Manly Puppet, Tahizi, PJ Muggsy, Community Streams, Justin C. Scott. For 16 months and then Joe Badiah thank you for the uh, gifted community sub as well uh, how are you guys doing on Twitch chat I don't know who Riot Wafflefoot is um, presumably somebody who works at Riot uh, they work for Riot Games on the Valorant team and they are in my Twitch chat arguing that Elantris is not his weakest whenever that's the general Generally agreed upon weakest book and Brandon Sanders and stuff. I don't know who you would, what you would think is weaker. It's, it's definitely his weakest. I think he considers it his weakest. So, uh, yeah. What uh, what are we talking about next in Twitch chat? Uh, so, oh, this next caller I think is from Australia or New Zealand. I'm not sure, but either way, it's going to be somewhat robotic, but it sounds hilarious. So we're doing it. Okay. Ron Blade is here. Ron Blade, where are you calling from? I'm calling from Sydney, Australia. Okay. 
Are you in a loud room? Uh, no, I'm just going into like a super quiet room. Uh, maybe my connection is not amazing. No, it is just funny. It, it's I don't know. It's Doesn't not that, he? It's not terrible, but it sounds like you're in like a kitchen or something. Also, does, doesn't it sound exactly like that effect that they apply in movies and games to like the glitchy person will be like hello oh, kind of thing, <laughs> you know, a like, little, bit. Yeah. little bit. Yeah, Ron Blade calling in on the on the uh, communication device. Ron Blade, uh, what do you want to talk about on the show? Uh, so my take is that CLG is the most underrated team this oh, year. Another one of these every year. All right, give give me the the annual <laughs> CLG's underrated take. I should be clear that I'm not like a mad CLG fan or anything. I just wanted to sit on the show. But uh, I actually think that people are heavy underrating this team. So just to kind of go through it, you've got three out of five players were all at Worlds last year. Uh, obviously, Finn on Rogue, they had pretty rough Worlds. But at the same time, Rogue like was number one regular season in the LEC. Like He's been on a team that knew how to win. And it's possible, you know, like sometimes things happen at Worlds. And so, you know, the team that won uh, LCS last split probably won the Worlds. So it's possible that, you know, if he can find some of the form that helped him to like contribute to Rogue's wins in LEC, then he can be solid. I think Broxa is like super underrated right now because, um, I mean, people forget that Team Liquid had their best regular season result ever. In summer split last year, they went in and three. And then at Worlds, Team Liquid beat uh, G2 and Suning, who both were really strong teams in the tournament, once in their group. And, like, I think people are just kind of, like, running off a lot of good stuff that they showed. And that was on a team where they didn't really play his style at all. So I think Brox is pretty strong. I think you look at Wild Turtle again. Like, he was on Quest, who uh, came off top esports, uh, if Ignite hadn't entered, uh, they probably could have taken the game off DRX as well. And, like, that team put in a really solid performance at Worlds after a strong performance last year. Like, in total, was a big part of that. And so then I guess you come to the, uh, the remainders from CLG. You've got Pobelta and Smoothie. Again, these guys, like, sure, recent results are bad, but they have reasonably high peaks that we've seen before. And so I don't think it's that crazy to think that this team... It's like an up-half team, I guess, as much as I'm, like, I'm more saying they're underrated because I'm seeing people saying that they're, like, bottom tier. Or that, you know, some people are even suggesting they could be as bad as some of the teams that have, like, five rookies or whatever. So, I, you know, I'm not saying they're going to be number one, but I definitely think they could be an up-half team. Like, I don't think that's crazy. Twitch chat is having so much fun with you. Can't you guys just see it? Like the like AI floating blue head that's like twitching and like, you know, it's like the systems have been damaged. (laughs) Invert in chat says maybe this color sounds like this because he's from the future. Um, I I was going to listen back to this later and uh, hear my my side. It's incredible because it's not. It's just bad enough to believe that it's like an intentional filter effect that someone has applied to. It's actually so weird. Yeah. It's it's like you're the AI of CLG's optimism. Uh, so I agree to get onto the take and, and uh, to ensure that we have less robot uh, for a little bit. I agree that Broxa got more hate than he deserved on TL. Uh, I mean, I think there were a lot of times where people felt like he just wasn't on the same page, but it wasn't necessarily that he was like, bad or inting or anything like that um this i honestly the thing i am the player that i'm most worried about on that team is smoothie 
because I feel like for the entire existence of Hotline League, which is now going into its like third year, all I've ever heard is Mark be like, he just has been on like every team now and he over communicates and his problems don't seem to get solved and all this stuff. I like smoothie a lot individually. I, um, I said but... that that was a in specific response to CLG saying that they, he, like he was the, honestly the improve. campaign against smoothie that Mark has ran on this show. I has, literally uh, said it was only because of how their management presented his like hiring, you know, it wasn't like, Oh, he's a mechanical playmaker, which I think is like a good case that you would make for smoothie. You know, like it was, I don't know. We're off topic. We are off topic. Um, I, 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 but I, I stand by that. I am most concerned about smoothie. Um, I think that we'll see. I know that wild turtle and smoothie are cool. I think they're even like roommates. And so maybe they're going to get along really well. And that will, cause oftentimes that stuff does. If you guys are talking about the game all day and you're like, you have the same vision and you want to play with each other and all that stuff, but that's a lot you, that can lead you to a lot of successful situations. But, um, I don't know. I just uh, the sealed. Okay, the CLG off season is like everything you would expect to have in a CLG off season. It's like they brought in a lot of players that or they brought in several players that teams were not maybe enthusiastic about. That like this is not a development team. It's it's what you uh, Mark. I think you said this about. Oh, you, I think you said this in your power rankings video about CLG where it's like they've constructed the, was it them that you said they've constructed the team that like is kind of the old school style of constructing a team where it's not, it's a team that's neither going to make it to worlds, but also not about developing long-term talent. And so it's just kind of like middling. I don't know if that was CLG or a different team you were talking about. Uh, it was, it was them and, and EG that I kind of had an opinion on. Yeah. Um, I think one thing to the caller's point that I myself have probably fallen victim to, and a lot of people are going to fall victim to, is their opinion on how this roster was created and the pessimism around its purpose um, and the fact that it will be middling with the fact that, like, the actual skill level of the team. Um, because to the caller's point, I could totally see a world, and, like, in some ways they even agree, CLG is the most underrated team right now as people talk about them. Like, people kind of hate this roster compared to, Golden Guardians roster, which people are excited about, even though they expect Golden Guardians to suck compared to CLG. So I actually can, can can agree with the caller's take that this is probably the most underrated roster on a skill level um, or hype level, maybe. I don't. Where I don't did know you how to place them on your thing? Was it was it? So seven? I put them. I put them seventh. I put them just above the the like kind of development tier teams that I, I yeah. kind of labeled with FlyQuest being the one exception that kind of broke out for me. Um, and I will say like. In that video, I also said I could easily see a world where CLG is like FlyQuest of old, where you have a bunch of good players, ideally top five in their positions, that then don't need the superstar and, and can can actually perform quite well. I could see a world where CLG is top four, top five, um, off of working well together as a team, not having a ton of egos, everyone looking to prove themselves. Moon, like I said, did good in his academy coaching stint, so like... I could see them being like fourth, which I would say means that they're pretty underrated right now. If myself and others are putting them seventh, but I also, like I said, believe that this team is a ceiling. So, and and I'm I'm the the caller did a good job explaining why some of these people are probably underrated. Like three of them have been to Worlds and yada yada yada. But like 
I think a lot of people who did go to Worlds were arguably some of the weaker performing members on their teams right. of those, those Worlds caliber teams. And like when you start peeling the layers back off the initial like hype, you know, like Pobeltier was the best player on CLG last year on, on a pretty bad team. And so hopefully this is an improvement, but like he was still a part of that team, you know, like you don't get to just totally scrub him squeaky clean again. Uh, so, you know, I, I am uh, definitely, what is, what is the opposite of the, I'm bearish, bullish, bearish. I'm bear yeah, I just get those confused about it. Yeah, whatever. Not uh, optimistic about them. You're bullish, I think, means you're optimistic about it. Right. So I'm. I'm. Bit. You're bearish. I'm bearing down on them. I don't know. Yes. Yeah, I think that's what it is. <laughs> you're bearing. I don't know. You uh, my financial advisor is in the chat, who handles all the stock stuff. He he'll probably answer in a second. Um, sorry. What were you gonna say, Ron Bladen? I was just gonna say. I think. I think that is an opportunity. Like we could see Proxfaz and Harry come back. I think that's part of the thing I'm thinking about there. I guess I'm also thinking that like between Povelta and Smoothie, that's a lot of LCS finals appearances. And that you've got the you know, like I, I do think the the ceiling is pretty high if they can if they can all get back to big form. You know who's had a lot of success is Froggen. Past <laughs> success does not determine future success. Uh in a lot of cases, right? Like, yes, a lot of these players have had, they've they've made it to world finals and that type of thing. That doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to be like small-star talent, you, you know. I mean, Travis, I know that you're willing to uh, risk the wrath of the, the frequent stance, but maybe I'm not so willing to do that. Yeah, I, I'm not trying to, to dog on Froggen. I'm just saying, like, Froggen's not on an LCS team this year and I feel like it's because a lot of people don't think he is like great anymore and I think that for sure but I feel like it's a lot like it's a lot longer like it's not that long ago that Pobelter and Smoothie were literally against each other in LCS finals on it they went against each other so I thought like it's it's a lot you go a bit further back to when was the last time that that Smoothie was in the LCS finals. I don't think it was that recent. Uh, it's like Cloud9 TSM, I guess. So it's not that recent. Like 2018, is that? That would have been 20, 2017. Because 2018 was when mm -hmm. uh, Double if TL happened. And Pope Elter was in those finals, to your point. You know, uh, he won two finals in 2018. So that's two, three. I guess that's three years removed now. Because then 2019, 2020 happened. So now yeah. we're in 2020. But like Smoothie. Yeah, Smoothie was in the like Jensen's Onions final run. I don't know. We'll see. I mean, uh, Lord knows every time we get a CLG's underrated take. Um, oh, spring 2019? That was Smoothie with... Was it? With Sven? Is that not... So hard to keep track of these. Was that not... Either way. Was that not um, Zazel? Zazel. Zazel. Yeah, Zazel that's was... why I'm like, what are people talking about? Zazel was in for 20, 2018 C9 run. Yeah. How is he? Once the... He hasn't been around on C9 since the, the great benching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, we'll see if C9 does well. But I appreciate the call, Ron Blade. Uh, we're going to move on to a break in a second. But do you have any shout outs that you want to make first? Yeah, I just want a quick shout out to Dr. Manhattan and Rika Squad in the waiting room who uh, allowed me to go first because I have a work meeting in 15 minutes because it's oh, daytime nice. here. So thank you to those guys. Um, and yeah, shout out to Emily Rand, who's very excited that she's going to be on the uh, broadcast this year. And just, you know, Travis, I have just continuing, like, yeah, esports alum, uh, getting getting jobs. And just shout out to you guys as well for, for the great content that I have 
Think about how many hours of uh, Travis and Mark content I've consumed over the years. It's, it's a lot. Uh, so, yeah, thanks, Tim. Ron Blade, I know you can't, you probably can't see this right now, but I just want to say thank you for the shout outs. But also, uh, sitting next to me are a, is a pack of uh, one of your fellow uh, Australians. Oh, yeah, I saw this on I saw this on Twitter. Yeah, um, uh, Kobe and I have been eating a bunch of Australian snacks lately, and so um, I. Uh, but I, I've I've been sucking because I haven't been feeling well tonight, so I've been sucking on these eucalyptus Aussie drops, um, which were part of the. Oh pack. Either way, thank you, Ron. Still, I was long addicted to those things in high school. I would a little thirty cents a pack. Yeah, they're pretty good. Like Shout out to uh, Aussie drops by CTC Australia. Um, they're fantastic. Anyway, thank you so much to Ron Blade for the call. Have a good one. Yeah. See you, dude. Okay. What, you hold- what? I think never mind. What were you saying, Mark? No, nothing. I'll get the next caller, right? No, wait. We're going to take a quick break. You didn't hear me say that? You didn't hear me say we're going to take a break? I was talking to people on Discord. Okay. Anyway, um... It's time, everyone. It's time for me to see if I can show this on the screen. I think I'm going to be able to show it. Uh, one second. Well, while I figure this out, uh, I want to say thank you to... Oh, here we go. I want to say thank you to our returning sponsor uh, this evening, which is DraftBuff. A lot of you know that they were with us uh, last year for... Oh man, a lot. They've actually been around with us for a while now. I think um, most of most of last year, um, and they have all sorts of fun fantasy stuff coming back at you this year. And to, they've done a bunch of work during the break, which I think is is really exciting to see. For instance, let's see. I can show this to you now. I believe. Let's see if this works. You can now operate a ton of your leagues and do a whole bunch of stuff on the website, which I know some people were telling me before that they wanted to uh, not have to use the app. So now you can use you can use the website. So you can just go to draftbuff.com. Uh, actually, in the chat right now, if you do exclamation mark draftbuff, a ton of that stuff will come up. Um, but I did they they now I created earlier a fantasy league and I brought in uh, a bunch of different people. Um, I selected six different uh, folks that follow me on Twitter and replied to join up and be part of this uh, league. Uh, unfortunately, apparently I'm seventh in the draft, as I just I just found out. But you can do all sorts of cool stuff on here. And again, you don't need the app anymore. The apps are great. I think the apps are fantastic. But for instance, um, we have a whole lot of interesting things on here. For instance, I just said that twice. For instance, I'll say it a third time. Uh, they give you some fun little analysis now on a bunch of these players that you can see. To, so if you're trying to figure out what you want, maybe you're maybe you have a friend who's new to the LCS, um, and maybe they watched Worlds last year or something like that. And you want to have them join up. You can they can read some of the analysis and see the rankings of the different players and all sorts of of cool stuff. So you can go through and do that. Um, and I'm trying to let's see if I'm I'm pulling up my notes here because they did a whole bunch of other stuff. Um, they oh also they are changing it so that I know a bunch of you guys were part, participating in draft royals last last time. Let me see if I can hang on. I'm gonna switch back to me so you guys can see me. Uh, they did a bunch of draft royals last time, or I ran a bunch of them, but they now are doing them seasonally. So you don't need to join new contests every single week. You can simply check the current one and set a new team for the week. So that's really cool for the folks that don't want to go and like try to find another draft royale every single time. Anyway, you can go to draftbuff.com, you can sign up, 
and use code Travis Gafford, which helps me. Um, and you can in chat right now. Use if you're in t- watching live, you can do excla- exclamation mark uh, draft buff, and you'll get a link to sign up, and that's pretty cool. Um, but yeah, they're also going to do a draft royale, uh, which the Twitch chat. Uh, we'll have a link for whenever you use that command. You can also check if you're watching on YouTube into the, the description box and you'll see links for this stuff as well. So anyway, we want to thank DraftBuff so much for coming back as a sponsor again uh, this year. It is really cool to see them continue to build out their product, uh, respond to user feedback. And speaking of that, I just want to say they're, uh, they're one of the things I really like about them as a partner is we actually have a DraftBuff chat on my discord so you go to discord.gg slash travis you can join the draft buff discussion find people to play with find uh, folks to chill with and uh, give feedback advice and then they're in there too they can answer some questions if you have any so thank you so much draft buff for continuing to sponsor the show we're happy to have them as a partner mark you want to grab the next caller sure uh, and by the way they're in the twitch chat right now if anybody wants to uh to talk to them as well um they're always hanging out which i really it's just cool to see the Mars connecting with uh, with folks. Mark oh. is grabbing the next caller, and they're oh. already here. Doctor Manhattan returning to the show. How's it going, Doctor Manhattan? Uh, doing doing all right. Doing all right. Doing all right. Okay, very good. Wait, are you still in DC? Yes. Are you doing all right? Uh, as well as I possibly can be. Yeah. All right, very good. Well, I hang in there, please. I uh, I know it's spooky. Um, yeah. Well, anyway, what do you want to talk about on the show? Um, it's kind of my hot take in regards to TSM this season, more specifically looking at who they decided to field in the academy and how it speaks volumes as to how they feel about their current roster. And my take is before the midseason point comes up or around that point, I fully expect Hanser and Cody to basically be integrated into this team as like starters for the entire for the remainder of the year. This is a fun TSM take. I mean, not to, not to diminish the one that we had earlier, but uh, I think this is super fascinating. So if you say that they're filling their academy team with these players, presumably you're arguing these are their, like, backups for top and ADC? Yes. So why not start these two players? Um, that's actually a good... Honestly, like that, that's how I feel about the top lane situation right now. Like... I, I honestly don't see like why there's a player who one knows the system has worked with Bjergsen and some of the other coaching staff and has been on the team who looked in my opinion, better than Huni. Um, maybe they want more of a carry threat, but again, like when you consider how Huni has looked all of 2020, like is, is, is Huni in any way um, an upgrade o- like, like over Hanser? Cause I, I would say that Hanser performed, um, much better than Huni pretty much the entire of 2020. I mean, maybe that's just me. Um, I think you can you can say that. I, I thought Hunter played especially well in, in summer. Um, I think, you know, you can start getting into the case about like, oh, teammates and stuff. Um, you know, uh, but, but at that point, you know, I, I, you're, you're starting to come up with excuses, basically. Uh, for, for summer, I thought Hunter played better than Huni. Yeah, absolutely. On, on stage, at least. Yeah, and uh, I, I think I think people are a bit harder on Cody, but like the thing that like why I have more faith in Cody over Lost um, is one Lost is relatively unproven um, when you compare him to Cody. I mean, Cody's been to what three worlds? If I mean uh, three finals. Um, I mean, I can understand if people think he's kind of a known quantity, 
that that's a fairer argument again versus potential and like someone like lost and maybe this works well with sword art but again like i think that some of the harshness of of cody i think it can't all be put on him as far as hundred three. First of all he wasn't really given in my opinion a fair shot considering it's a bot lane and that's a 2v2 and neither of the supports he played with in the entirety of 2020 were particularly impressive so that i don't think that can all be attributed to him we i just ran a poll in twitch chat by the way it's almost 50 50 slight edge to hooney about whether or not hunter will replace hooney this year so it feels like a lot of people that are watching the show are also uh similarly skeptical about hooney's ability to maintain his position over hunter um mark are we are you okay over there oh you're bringing huh? Okay. He's uh, messing with Ashley's notebooks. Great. Destructive creatures. Um, I don't know. Mark, what do you think of this? Do you think Do you think both of them will replace? Do you think either of them will replace? Well, so it's important to note that it's, it's largely independent because Lost becoming a um, NA resident, <laughs> as funny as that sounds, uh, you know, with the merger with the OS region means that this substitution doesn't need to come together. It's not like, you know... If Hooney's underperforming, they need to do something to get Hanser in the lineup or, you know, whatever. Like, these players yeah. can all be swapped independently. Um, so, on that front, I don't... I think, you know, Darkman Hat raises a good point that they clearly targeted, I think, what people view as the two biggest question marks on the team and have viable LCS-ready backups to go. Um, that said, I, mean, I They have do... a very viable mid laner ready to go. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that one's uh, just waiting... Poe, I know your your CS numbers aren't quite where I want them to be, so I'm just going to play this week until you step up. Oh, um, I released this I think after Hotline League um, the last time, but people should go watch my Bjergsen interview because he actually does talk about the conversation he had with Poe, where Poe was like, "So, uh, yeah, if I have like a couple off weeks, um, anyway, people should go watch it." But sorry, continue, Mark. Uh, so, anyways, I was going to say I I think. It was a smart decision by the the management to kind of guard themselves if they need to make roster moves. But I think I still ultimately agree with their decision around the, the people they started, despite me saying that, yeah, I think Hanser had a better split than Hooney. Um, I think Hooney needs a team to play around him um, and needs a good team to play around him. He's, he's going to play Hooney's way. And if you're not backing him up, you know, like he'll just die. Or whatever. It feels like he's gonna he's he's 100 all all full steam ahead, and you just have to catch up to him because uh, you're not slowing him down. So, in that regard, I can see where having a good team around him will be very important, uh, as well as the fact that I think people all the all the people in the scene seems to still hold Hooney in high regard. Uh, so whether or not he was inting and running it down on stage means that I mean people still seem to think he was doing well in scrims. Um, I mentioned it in the in the in the YouTube video that like that kind of reminds me of Piglet uh, towards the end of his career, where like people still knew he was a beast mechanically and he was doing very well in scrims. People hated laning against him in scrims, but he wasn't getting results in the LCS. So I'm actually really see eager to see if if Huni will buck that trend and return to form. Um, but I, I I can see why TSM would give him that opportunity first if you think that he has had a higher ceiling than Hanser, um, and you can do more with him in terms of playing around him if they want to do that. I, I can see why they start him. Same same kind of situation with Lost over over um, Cody's son. Um, you know, Cody's good. I think he's really good. I think it makes sense why they put him picked him up. But there's a feeling probably to the caller's point about known quantity versus like how much better can Lost get? You know, has he really had his opportunity 
to shine. And like with Sword Art beside him, can he potentially become like FBI and become one of the best AD carries in the league? Um, and he, I think he's also more aggressive. I think you know maybe TSM wants that. Uh, Cody is really solid in mid to late game team fights, and uh, you know yeah, that, that, that's something I was going to say as well. Like that, that's a, a world where I can see like where there has to be some stylistic difference as to why like they would want lost over Cody again. Like I, I think people, I think Summer wasn't very good. I think I think in spring Cody was more than serviceable, even with Dunn not being amazing. Like I thought he was in the top half of bot near at least in spring. So maybe limited sample size, but like. People saying he was bad all year, that that's just, that's not true at all. Right. So I think, you know, I don't think it's like Cody's bad. I think it's just more like, hey, this loss is a more aggressive player probably who we think has a higher ceiling. So let's go with him. Um, and then you still bring Cody on as kind of an insurance policy. So I, I think, you know, maybe if things aren't working well, I think you're absolutely right that you, these replacements could very quickly happen. Uh, you know, if halfway through the season, the players aren't gelling and they, they're like, let's swap it up. I, I could see that happening for sure. Especially because you can't take all of spring now to learn how your roster works. Before, you could kind of punt spring. Spring doesn't matter. haha, ha, lel. But, like, now, if you run it down for the first half of spring, or, I mean, for, for all of spring, then, like, when you swap in summer, you still have that, that int record. Uh, I mean, yes and no. Over. We're setting eight teams to playoffs again, so. Well, sure, but I just mean, like, the, the record still follows you, you know, like you can still get into playoffs. That's not hard, but, um, you know, if, if you want to be in the top half of the bracket to make your road much easier. Yeah, that's fair. I, uh, I do think it'd be hilarious if Hanser ends up on the team, like within one split of double if Bjergsen and Biofrost all having been on the team and then none having been on the team. It's like, Oh, so close. Well, I think what happens is Bjergsen comes back in, takes Poe's job, and doublelift unretires, and then the band's back together. What about Biofrost? I mean, he's taking the split. I don't think he's even on a team, so I guess they could. I was gonna say, is he is he subbing for someone? I think no. I think he's just like taking the the time off. I think I don't think he's associated with the team. He's going streamer. So maybe people can uh, can believe that. Uh, tweet tweet at Coach Bjerg to bring back 2016 TSM. Dr. Manhattan, I think uh, it'll be interesting to see how prescient your your prediction is. I would guess that one, but not both of those things will happen. Like if you told me they, they swap one of those two players, although again, we've been hearing some good rumors about how they've been doing, so I don't know, but I wouldn't be surprised if we see one of those things happen. I don't know if we'll see both. I think, I know, some people are, are really more excited about Huni than Lost, but I kind of... I feel like Hooney's more of the question mark. I mean, he has to really kind of prove it, I feel like. Anyway, thanks so much for the call. Anything you want to say before we go on to our last caller? No, just shout out to Draft Buff and Alienware. And, uh, yeah, just uh, good being here as always. Yeah, thanks so much. Have a good uh, rest of your evening. Appreciate it. Yeah. <clears throat> On to our last caller. By the way, I see Marcy from Alienware in the chat. She says, congrats on first Hotline League of 2021. Hopefully later in the year we can work on a live version. I would love that. Hopefully hopefully everything clears up and we're able to do some uh, in-person events again. Rico Suave is returning the show. Rico, I'm, I've already reached out to Alienware about the code not working on the headset. We're going we're gonna to get that figured out. Uh, yeah, but... it's too late. <laughs> too late? Okay, well... Well, you and I can talk later. We'll figure something out. Uh, what do you want? Where are you calling from? 
New York City. <clears throat> New York City. What do you want to talk about on the show? Uh, I want to talk about how FlyQuest will be the top two teams in uh, North America. The FlyQuest will be both of the two top two teams? Will be one of there, be there's going to be such a gap that like a team is pushed down to 11th place. Um, so it's so they're going to be a top two team. Who's the other team? Um, I've been thinking about that, and I would actually have to argue uh, TL. TL. first. Okay, so FlyQuest. C9, C9 flops. C9 flops. Uh, TSM yeah, and I, 100T trailing behind FlyQuest. Uh, yeah, actually. I mean, props to FlyQuest, by the way, because at the start of last year, nobody would have even called about them uh, other than maybe to say, like, FlyQuest should be booted from the league. Uh, now people are quite passionate. So uh, why why do you feel this, Rico? All right. Uh, so Licorice, best top lane in North America. Um, Jose Diodo uh, was the best jungler in his um, league back in LLA. Um, proved it in the international stage. And I can see him being a huge impact um, in the LCS. Um, you got two promising features in um, Diamond and uh, Palafox. They both smashed um, Academy and uh, like uh, two seasons. And they're LCS ready. They're probably way better, already ahead of all the other um, players in the roles already. And Johnson, everybody knows that he's a very promising AD carry. And with a uh, with like with most of the uh, with the jungler mid laner uh, AD carrying support having a veteran like um, Licorice guiding them, you could already see uh, FlyQuest already reaching expectation, and then FlyQuest will finally not be considered over uh, underrated. And of course, the best reason, the Team America. Come on. Okay. Okay. So, I think they're Team North America because they have a, at least a Canadian and a. Uh and a Latin America player on, but okay. Uh, this reminds me a lot of the call. Maybe it was the first call we had where somebody was arguing that hundred T was going to be a top two team uh, where those are all good reasons for why FlyQuest can be good this year, but they're not necessarily reasons as to why they're going to be better than C9, for instance. So like, that's my big struggle with this is like you, you're, you're going to be hyped for, FlyQuest, but I don't know how we're going to send Palafox against Perks and get and and come out the other side of that looking good. Rico. All right. Yeah, so with that, um, I guess the best argument I can come up with that is, uh, well, you know, C9 was great in summer, in the spring, coming to summer, they boom, might happen again. And the big question, the reason why I did put Teal first instead of c9 is i'm no offense really really question rain over like yeah he did great and c9 academy but that's because he had great weapons doesn't make you a good coach all the time okay i, mean, I think that's fair at least to say that there's not just the, the roster stuff to consider but like the the team has i mean there's there is still some carryover from other uh parts of the staff but there is a changeover with the head coach um, I mean, I would also say I'm a relatively optimistic person for FlyQuest as well, but I, you can't get me up to top two because, like, other people have teams that could work out as well. And if they start working out, you know, like, 
Palafox versus Insanity. You know, I think Palafox looks better on a very stacked C9 uh, in Academy, uh, but Insanity was going up against LCS players and looked okay. Uh, you know, like, what's why can't Immortals be top two if everything works out? You know, Xerse is back to being one of the best junglers in the league. Raze is as good as FBI. Uh, you know, I almost said newbie, not newbie. Um, I'm brain farting on support for race. Destiny, excuse me, Destiny, there we go. Steps up, becomes a lot better. Um, you know, like, Revenge shows that why he's got two times this, you know, like, it can all happen that way. It's just very unlikely. And, like, I still feel very optimistic for, for FlyQuest um, because I feel like they have the best, most highest ceiling of the development rosters. Licorice is a superstar. The talent is already somewhat proven. Um, and, you know, Jose Diodo could actually be a beast. And, and then you have uh, a threat in the bot side if Johnson is actually playing well, um, or at least a consistent carry in the bot side if Johnson's playing well. You have your threat in the top lane. Palafox is good and can, and can play different styles to support that. Um, you know, it, it can all work, and I can see their, their play style coming together. But that's like, okay, so TSM can't become good and 100 Thieves has to regress from where they were last split probably, or well, where Golden Guardians was last split. And C9 has to flop and then they're top two, which is just so much stuff. And EG can't work out. EG can't randomly actually be good and Jusuke can't carry them. Uh, you know, maybe we else we should include CLG can't work out. CLG can't become the power friendship team. You know, there's, there's so many, there's so many like, other teams in the league that could work out, you know? Yeah. I I like, I mean, what has been nice about this episode, Rico, with you and with callers calling about 100T, et cetera, is that I do, I do feel more optimistic about the middle of the pack teams. Uh, I have an interview coming out tomorrow that people should go, go check out. That's probably up sh shortly after the time that this video goes live. Um, if you're watching the pod where I interview the uh eg management so uh greg and peter dunn over there who peter had like really impressive things to talk to, to say about the team that he built and also about his own experience i mean obviously he's an amazing coach and uh has proven it a lot by by bringing teams that people didn't expect to worlds uh to worlds so uh, i don't know there's a lot of reasons i think to be excited about a lot of these teams but Oh man, it's just it when people start to place a lot of uh, these these players up against perks, and he comes out swinging, or as Ven is able to really pop off, I and it's just gonna be really tough, I think, to to move ahead of C nine. So we'll have to see. Maybe, maybe they'll look weak in the beginning, and we'll start to see some other teams move into that spot. I mean, we didn't really talk about the tournament too much. I think because no. we're also trained to talk about the split and i think mark you referenced this a little bit too where it's like well there might be some visa issues i'm not sure but i'm i am very curious to see who wins the tournament and i think there's a chance that it could end up not being a tl or c9 and at least starting an interesting narrative maybe it'll be FlyQuest, and we'll all be like well rico predicted this i mean rico if FlyQuest as a five new players coming together or at least on a new org five new players coming together some of them imports from a different region you know, if if they can even get finals of, of the tournament, that would be super fucking impressive. Yeah. That would be nuts. Yeah, and yeah. FlyQuest isn't like a team you just threw in together like Immortals did or Golden Guardians. You know, it kind of makes sense. 
why they would have the players that they have only one team. Well, hey, thank you, Rico, for the call. Anything you want to shout out before we uh, wrap up the show? Uh, three shout outs. Uh, one, anywhere, watch your stuff, give Travis credit. Um, shout out to Draft Buff. Um, shout out to my draft league, um, Diamond Who. And uh, last shout out, uh, shout out to the New York City League of Legends Facebook group. Have a good night, guys. Shout out to the New York City League of Legends Facebook group. You guys are great. Big fans. Thank you, Rico, for the call. Uh, um, the show. What were you gonna say, Mark? I was gonna say it was cool to get a lot of like the OG Hotline League people on this yeah. episode. Rico, Doctor Manhattan, uh, yeah. Blue Jay was in chat, but I didn't end up pulling him. We, there were, uh, I think there were one or two other people that we got on that were. Yeah, it did feel kind of kind of like a. So this one. someone did have tech problems. They had internet problems that I had them in the waiting room, and they they had a question I thought was interesting that I'll, I'll throw out really quick to you, and then we we, we can be done. Yeah. Uh, he was he was asking. This is Joe. He was asking, "What do rookie teams need to do in the LCS this year to advance their LCS careers further?" So the teams like Golden Guardians, Immortals, Dig, you know, we're we're not expecting them to to win. What do you, like us on the outside want to see to be like that was a success? Because ninth can still be a successful Golden Guardians in this paradigm, right? I think uh, they either need to land significantly ahead of teams like uh, oh actually a great example of this we had that call last year at the end of last year that was like C- clg is the make it or break it like you need to be able to surpass clg um in your placing because if a bunch of what people consider to be washed up rookies i'm not saying they are but it, like if the general perception is CLG's running like sort of the the leftovers from other teams and you can't beat those then maybe you're still not lcs caliber yeah for me i don't even think beating them in the game is what matters so much as going toe to toe in the first 20 minutes of the game uh, and and laning phase i would expect teams like golden guardians and dig and even immortals like fall apart if they don't win in 25 minutes but like if you can watch Revenge duke it out with Finn or duke it out with Impact and, like, be okay, then, like, why are you not getting a cheaper player with more potential? You know, I think that's what success means for me. Like, if Golden Guardians gets 10th, but Niles does okay against the, the top top laners, then, like, yeah, that's, that's, that's good for him. It might not be enough for me to, as, like... Golden Guardians to want to rerun this roster, but maybe next year if cash flow is better, Niles is your your top laner and you import a, a mid and jungle to support him. Yeah, I guess I was thinking about it from the player perspective because you you said specifically like, what do these players need to do to make right. people feel? But but from a team perspective, for sure, if you are Golden Guardians and you have spent uh, pennies on your roster in comparison to some of these other teams. Like I, I, I'm hopeful that we can find out what the total salaries are for a lot of these teams. I know that some people can do some, some quick math and maybe try to fill in the blanks based off of some of the stuff that's been reported in the off season. But if we can find out what, what these teams are paying, like, let's say what if CLG is paying three times the amount as golden guardians and CLG places ninth and golden guardians places 10th, but it's just like barely behind CLG. It's like, but at that point in time, your golden guardians are like, I mean, 
Uh, it could be worse. We could be paying three times as much well, and getting one place ahead. And people will just have a better narrative around the, the people on the roster, right? Like a development roster versus, like we said, a bunch of veterans. Yeah. People will just, people will be happy for Golden Guardians. Uh, Joy G three five seven, who was the person that was trying to get in, he's in the Twitch chat right now, saying his his ISP is having issues. Uh, he says his answer to this is if they can get a couple of wins over established teams, I feel it will be a success to see new players beat the known players. So it's kind of what you were talking about, Mark. Where like, it, I mean, for him, it's a little bit higher of a bar because he wants them to see wins. It's not just the first twenty minutes, but it is like you if if you can show that you are caliber this caliber and you can go to toe to toe then then that's worth it yeah because i think the reality is if you're weaker in four out of five positions than the other team come mid to late game you're probably going to get outperformed but if you are the 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 one guy who's better than his opponent demonstrate that to me through the first 20 minutes of the game before the, the team's mismatch kind of becomes more apparent um do you think that if you are a fan of, if you want teams and fans to be excited about development in the the LCS, that you should be actively rooting against CLG and Dignitas this year? I don't think you have to be rooting against a specific team to be cheering the mentality of another team. Yeah. I don't think they're pre It's going to happen. <laughs> I mean, a lot of people, if CLG fails, are going to relish that fact. Uh, which feels bad, I think, for the players. Yeah. Uh, because it's not even like people are mad at the players, they're mad at the org, but it, it's going to get, like, they're going to become the receptacle as the face of that org, you know, the ones on the rift. Right. Um, and I think a lot of people, if Golden Guardians or Immortals or Dignitas outplaces CLG, you know, people will, will punch CLG for that, being like, look, you idiots, haha, you lost to these guys. Um, so it will happen, yeah. but. I, I don't think you should have to want to beat up CLG for, to want to see the other people, like, the, the other. I guess I meant rooting against the org rather than the players, right? Like, I don't think people need to be like, oh, I want to see Brock. I'm, I'm saying for both. Lose, like, but... I don't think you need to be like, see CLG, you idiots, to be like, hey, Revenge actually looked pretty good. You know, like, those are just different things that shouldn't be equated but will be. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, no, that was a good call uh, that we weren't able to have Joey, but I, I apologize uh, that we weren't able to have you on. I know that you were having some internet issues, so hopefully we can get you on in the future. But I really did like that question, that conversation around, like, what do these other teams need to do? I think it's going to be a, something? an important question to answer as a broadcast for fans uh, in, in the coming year with so many development teams. Is like, well, you're not looking at them to win against C9, so like, what do you want, you know? Yeah. They were never constructed to beat C9. So, like, what right. are they supposed to do? No, I mean, I I will say I am very happy that we have teams that have, like, lines that are not, well, we're planning on, we're going to Worlds. Worlds is our, Worlds is our bar, uh, which I feel like is what 70 to 80% of teams used to say in previous years. I feel like this is the first time where people are like, yeah, we don't want to spend $5 million on a roster. So, uh we're we're good. We're gonna we're gonna try to like look decent and maybe sell our players to Steve next year. Uh, Mark, mm -hmm. what do you got for us at the end here? What do you want to shout out? Plug your, uh, your power uh, rankings. Watch the power ranking video if you missed it. It was uh, a lot more. I mean, it, it was informing a lot of what we talked about, or at least I talked about uh, in this video. So you can check that out um, on Travis's channel. 
Otherwise, uh, if you don't know, hey, lock-in tournament Friday. It's only a couple days away. Make sure to watch. It is, yes. Um, and I'm very curious. I mean, we didn't talk too much about the lock-in tournament. I feel like I feel like nobody knows what to expect. Uh, it's really weird. I mean, it's, I think, exciting, but it's going to be very different to start the year with a tournament. So I think that's part of the reason why you haven't seen too many people talk or uh, cover it because they haven't – we haven't – I don't think we really know how to cover it yet. So, but I'm excited for that for sure. Um, for on my end, the YouTube channel is going to start having content again. That'll be nice for the first time in like three weeks, uh, almost a month. Um, so I really, I really hope for that. Also, I know I shouldn't tease uh, sponsorships, especially since the last one fell through for silly reasons. But um, we should have a really cool sponsor coming up soon on Hotline League. So hopefully that ends up happening. Uh, other than that, thanks everyone for watching. Sorry we started late. Thank you to everyone who subbed. I'm gonna st if you stick around, I'll shout out your name if you subbed. Uh, no, I didn't get to everybody. And uh, this has been Hotline League episode one fifty five.